0: consistency is everything and um stand on integrity like be a be who you are be who you say you are it's been a minute it was a slow growth but i i kind of appreciate it that way you know i didn't go zero to a hundred i took the stairs i do feel the weight and um but it comes with it you know that 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 extra pressure is what makes diamonds so but I feel like I'm built for it at the same at the same time. So, like if the team wins, we it's a bigger win, just an individual win. If I wanted to, it's like you can play golf and win by yourself or you can play basketball and make 12 other guys, you know, the same happiness, same success. My dad would play a lot of like Snoop Dogg, of course, Dr. Dre, Sugar Free, uh, DJ Quick, nate dog those was a lot of my heavy influences as far as the west coast
1: hey yo this is dj semtex it's the hip-hop raising me podcast now before we get into the big the big talk with blast he's one of the dopest artists popping right now like He's doing a lot of big things right now. But before we get into that, listen, we've got to talk about the Lox versus Dipset. Now, you know, in case you've been living under a rock or something, I'm sure you know about the verses that took place recently. And that's the big clash, the big battle between two artists. This time it was between the Lox and Dipset, two of the biggest crews ever in hip hop. And it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, like, what happened, what went down. Now, you know, hip-hop is built on competition. It's it's built on the challenge, the clash, the battle, in a good way. So whether it's from MCs going at it back in the day, whether it's DJs or whether it's B-boys, B-boying, or whether it's street art, it's, it's it's always been that competitive edge. Versus takes it up to the next level and just amplifies it to like the biggest audience worldwide it's it's been getting bigger and bigger since the start of the pandemic the start of the lockdown and this was definitely the biggest battle the biggest clash the biggest competition whatever you want to call it we've ever seen it's the biggest one now the locks you know you know about the locks were signed to bad boy they they were signed by p diddy diddy and he educated them to be artists like he trained them up the the locks were already raw You know, these guys have grown up together and, you know, they some of the hardest lyricists ever. But when you combine that with someone like Diddy, who shows them like the art of being an artist, the whole thing about performing, the need to go all out and put on the best show possible. They got a different kind of training. Next level. They've been trained by one of the greatest ever. Now, said they were signed... To Rockefeller, Jay-Z's label. Now Jay-Z, you know, for me is the greatest of all time. Is is the greatest rapper in the game. Some people will say it's M M Eminem. Nah, man. It's not Eminem. It's Jay-Z. You would think that coming under the reign of Jay-Z dipset would be, you know, in a similar situation to the Lux. No, 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 no. That's not the case. And and that was proven in this event that happened. And basically, <laughs> it was like, it was like watching, you know, one group who'd been in the army and elevated to special ops and watching another group that were just students living that frat life for the last 10 years. It was two totally different dynamics. It, it was clear from the beginning. Shout out to my guy, Def Jeff, because he hit me up on the DMs early in the week and he was like, who do you think is going to take it? And I said, I think the locks. But... Dipset might get it on nostalgia purely because they've had some big hits and and so forth. But that wasn't the case because what happened at this battle was it was like it it, it was like excellence meet not excellence. It was like lyrical greatness meets the unprepared. And it started from the beginning when the first track dropped. The champions here, you know, straight away they had the crowd. They had the crowd straight away, and and what was happening with the looks? Like they are not, you know, they're not they're not Drake. They're not Kanye. They're not they're not they're not the group that have had the big massive commercial records. But what they did on stage was straight excellence. They they performed as a tight unit, as a tight team, and that was Jadakiss. Styles P, Sheik Louch, and their DJ, DJ technician, they worked as a unit. And you can see, like, they've been working together for years because they could anticipate which what each other was going to say. They could anticipate what the DJ was going to do. The DJ could play something knowing that the group would do this. Dipset had none of that. They didn't. It was just, it was a tragedy to see them fumble. They fumbled on stage. You know, there was points where... They didn't know what they were doing. You know, with Cameron, his voice is like, you can see he's not looked out after his voice for years. You can see that he hasn't done as many shows as Jadakiss. Jadakiss's clarity, exceptional. You could hear every single word that he said throughout the 90-minute event. With Cameron, he's like, oh, oh, oh. he's like, he was wheezing at some points and everything else. And Jim Jones and Juel and Santana, they were drinking some rock on stage. Like, it was a mess. Shambles right so they were never gonna win they were getting embarrassed round after round and i think with where the Lux won as well was with the selection of tracks like it, it they were they were dropping freestyles and getting responses like they were big hit records like they were playing freestyles that even i've never heard and they were going off it's mad i think what the Lux did and what jayda did perfectly was understand the art of timing Because there was a round where Cameron played um, Welcome to New York City. Now, that's a banger. That's Jay-Z and Cameron on the same track. That's the New York anthem. And you're doing a versus battle at Madison Square Garden in New York, the home of hip-hop. That track got no response. And the reason why it got no response is not because the track's a banger. It's not because the crowd is hating. It's because they didn't present it the right way. See the way I just built it up? I built it up better than what they did. Like, they were just like, Yeah, play the track. They played the track and it was like, mm, alright. But when Jada Kiss counteracted that, what he did, what he did was he he started talking about <laughs> he set it up nice, right? This is what I'm saying about time in the presentation. He was like, Yo, I don't live in LA. I don't live in Denver. I'm from New York City. I'm from New York, the home of hip hop, this is where I'm from. And the DJ then dropped New York by Jarrell, Fat Joe, Jada Kiss, perfect timing. Like, anyone who was listening, they got shivers down their spine because that was the moment that it was just like, that was the moment where it was like, I think Dipset realized shit, we fucked up. That was the moment where every single fan of rap who tried to say that, yeah, Dipset's better than the lot, Dipset's gonna, they just realized they don't know shit because at that moment, that showed. Exactly what a rap group does when they're at their best, and the way that they dropped that track, the way that that track came in yo, Fat Joe was in the audience gleeful, gleeful. I thought he was gonna cry. He was like, He's like a little kid at a Justin Bieber show, like, and he got to the front row. It's crazy, like, seriously, it was a very, very dope moment. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, if you missed out on this greatness, it's on YouTube, the whole thing's on YouTube. I've watched it two or three times now because it's just dope entertainment it's just greatness it's hip-hop at its best and not only that not only was Jada the kiss killing it with the time and the presentation the clarity the teamwork and everything else the spontaneity like i think Joel <laughs> joelle santana or cameraman, was like oh you got no tracks for women you you know you don't make tracks for women you know like and Jadakiss, what the hell are you talking about? I and mean, they played like five tracks, five bangers that, you know, like Ride or Die Chick and, and other joints that just going off. Like Jadakiss, he's done the track with Mariah Carey. Of course he does tracks for women. And I'm just like, it was just, it was like, it was that spontaneity, that ability to be able to flip what could have been a negative into an immediate positive. Again, they were just winning. in winning they they thrashed dipset like dipset dipset i i i, I don't know man I, I think what they did what they did <laughs> what they didn't do in that battle and uh, yo they just let their fans down man i think anyone who's a dipset fan y- y- you were disappointed if you're a dipset fan i'm sorry i just gotta say it, like they let you down they really really let you down Anyway, listen, I'm, I'm talking too much about this. Let's get into this week's guest. It's a very, very dope artist, Straight out of the West Coast. Is he's, he's just featured on a Nas album that recently dropped. Very, very dope album. King's Disease 2. That's another Grammy. I'm going to talk about that. Um, But the Sunday brunch joint, brunch on Sunday, dope. Make sure you check it out. But let's get into this right now. This DJ Semsex Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. This is blast. I'm DJ Semsex, this is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Right now, I've got my guy Blast right here, right now. What's going on, man? How you doing?
0: Chilling, man. Just chilling, not much.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, listen, the reason why I wanted to connect with you is, you know, as a DJ, I've I've been banging out your music for the last 12, 18 months or so, and I just needed to talk to you, bro. I play your records every week. Bro, you make hits. You just like man. you make you make records that are instantly memorable and they got that West Coast vibe, but it's it's modern and it's like you've got a very dope fan base. Like the real people, the real heads, the real fans of music rate what you do. They always talk about you. So I just bro. I just wanted to catch up with you, bro, man. Just to see what's, what's up, see what's, what's up. happening. That's
0: so, do it man, appreciate that.
1: So so let, let let's let's start off. Like, when did you first start? Like, listening to hip-hop, you know, because you're on the West Coast and it's like you've got a mad different experience to everybody else in the rest of the US or even around the world. So, you know, what w- what was that
0: for you, that first moment? My, my first introduction to hip-hop was, um, I would say, my uncle and my big sister. They had a rap group early on and um, I was just inspired by, like, the whole process of putting words together. So. I would ask my uncle, like, how do I become a rapper? He told me, look up a word in a dictionary and tell me the definition every day. So from that point on, I just fell in love with words. But it wasn't in me at that moment to start recording. It was just something I fell in love with as a fan. And then later down the line, I ended up actually recording and falling in love with my voice.
1: All right. All right. And then, and then. You know, apart, apart from your family, like, what was you listening to? What was the first rapper that hit you where you were, like, instantly, like, I I love this, man. I'm in this.
0: I mean, I was listening to a lot of things, but the initial, like, super fan, I was a big fan of 50 Cent early on, like, when he came right. out on Wangster. So I was, I was attracted to that era, like, Get Rich or Die Trying and things like that.
1: Yeah, and that, that was a that was a good error man that's like one of the best errors in hip-hop that shady aftermath g-unit era yeah. is crazy facts it's crazy. facts so so what what about from like a west coast point of view like who would you say was the biggest influence it's some big icons from the west coast you know of course yeah. dr dre snoob everybody else but what 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 did you connect with the most
0: Yeah, so as I got a little older, like around high school, junior high, my dad would play a lot of like Snoop Dogg, of course, Dr. Dre, Sugar Free, uh, DJ Quick, Nate Dogg. Those was a lot of my heavy influences as far as the West Coast.
1: So when did you figure out you was, you know, because you're mad talented, you rap and you sing, what came first?
0: Singing actually came first. I would always just be singing around the house, but I would I lean towards rapping because I wasn't fully confident in my singing voice. Like I liked it, but I just felt like I needed to go through puberty or something like for it to develop. (laughs) (laughs) So I just started rapping.
1: So how did you get that confidence to sing? Like,
0: man, I would just say over time, I. My voice developed to where it got fuller to where I had that confidence you know did you rehearse did you practice every day? yeah I, w- I would still like make singing songs but not put them out and then um I just found a pocket like i don't I don't really go too out my range just found I just found that comfortable pocket that I'm okay with vibing with
1: okay and then what do you prefer do you prefer to sing or do you prefer to rap like what what
0: um it it depends like sometimes i go on a phase where i'm just strictly rapping sometimes i go on it it depends on how i'm inspired like at the time right now i've been heavily singing so whatever's been working for me i've been on that all right all
1: right so i want to talk to you about the track don't forget right I was playing that on my show and I was like I relate to this I, I I relate to what
0: it's saying but first
1: off like who's the English guy at the beginning what's going on there
0: <laughs> so that was um it was a random clip on Instagram they tagged me and I was like this is dope I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this clip for uh, intro of my song and then it just fit perfect for don't forget we just ran with it we reached out to them got the uh, vocals cleared and it was all good it's crazy
1: so. When, when you put out that EP and you, you put out Don't Forget, like, was there anything you was going through at the time that led you to write that or was it just like, like, just experiences throughout?
0: Yeah, it was it was just a moment of, of like, reflection of where I came from at that point and just seeing how people treat you, like, once you get a, like, a somewhat of a name in the city and I was just like, I forgive, but I don't forget, you know, like, I know where I came <laughs> from and I know the process of how I got here so I know who really who really rocking with me and who just trying to use me you know
1: Mm. your phone must be ringing right now (laughs) because you you (laughs) 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 because you know you got bangers you got hits that, that are getting played I mean if they're getting played over here in the UK they're getting played everywhere else around the world as well as obviously in the US and everything but it's like what what was that come up like like trying to be heard or be taken seriously was it was it straightforward for you or was it is it been a minute
0: It's been a minute it was a slow growth but I I kind of appreciate it that way you know I didn't go 0 to 100 I took the stairs and um, I feel like people seeing my every step of the way kind of gave them that extra love for me to see my my fails my wins it just grew like my fans grew with me so um, yeah it was like a it was like a snowball effect like have you heard blast have you heard blast and as soon as you listen to it you feel like you heard it already so it gave that sense of home when you when you first listen to my music i was in la like
1: must have been like 10 years ago i I ain't been there for a minute but you know i know i, I, tell, I tell you how far back it was it was before kendrick popped off it was before section 80 that was wow. yeah okay so it was out with you know like this was the time of blogs and you know Kendrick was putting out EPs and I was in LA I was like yo let's hook up and it's like sure and he came and picked me up from the hotel we went to their studio Jvoc was there and Top Dog was there and um it was a it was a real crazy time because yeah. I was like these guys are dope, you know. So English guys come over to LA, connect. Of course, we're gonna do that. And and Kendrick he <laughs> took me around Compton and everything, and and it was a time when he was like he was like let me get this right. I don't I don't want to get taken out of context, but he was frustrated that like Dr. Dre he hadn't caught his attention yet he felt like he'd been doing the work and he was like a little, you know, he was getting like a little, he's a little restless about it. And then it's fascinating, like six months later, yeah, yeah, Kendrick with Aftermath. You know, it was like, it's really weird. I don't know if that was some talking it into, you know, fulfilling, yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy and all of that, but, and then it just went different, yeah. different. So, I mean, what, what is it like for yourself? Because you know, you're saying with the Don't Forget track, like, Yo, you you must be getting hella calls
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just you know it's all new to me. Like, imagine like, because I've been doing music for like ten plus years now. So, ten plus years of doing music, not no nobody really knowing me. Of course, people around my city, and then I get to a point where I drop a project, and now it's like everybody's starting to know me. So. It's like an instant switch for me to to everybody else. overnight, but for me, it's like I've been doing this. So that's mm-hmm. I know. You know, I know my grind. I know what I did to get here. So I can only be real with myself. Like I forgive, but I don't forget. You
1: know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's it's a little bit of a common theme. It, it, it feels like it takes ten years to get put on, or to get your moment, or to get that attention. What did it feel like when you got that? When it when when the project dropped and it started to connect?
0: Um, it was two things. One thing I, I felt, I felt like about time, of course. But another thing is just reassurance that I'm on the right path. Like the ten thousand hours, you can't cheat it. You can't cheat it. You got to go through the, through the through the highs and lows. You know, there's no way around it. And uh, I just appreciate that I took the stairs. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Do you
1: ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie?
0: (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No.
1: it wasn't forced down my throat it wasn't like flooding my inbox it wasn't you know I wasn't bullied into listening to your music it was like I, I discovered it I just your name kept popping up I kept seeing the tracks so I was like kept downloading I just played it on my show I didn't know who you were I didn't need no cosign or anything like that it was just the merit of creative purity it's the dopest thing right
0: that shit is crazy, yeah. And I like how you said no cosign, like all groundwork, just me and my team just staying consistent and just not forcing it, you know, like you said, and the organic love has been the the weight of my career for sure. So you've
1: got your project that's out already, no love lost. You know, that's that's been tearing up the streets, clubs and everything else. Had we not been in lockdown. I think it would have done way more like who was all outside, but it's like right. we're all going to catch up. We all suffer. we're all going to catch up. So so with with this project 6 tape 2, like how did that come about?
0: So yeah, me and Bino, we initially dropped 6 tape part 1 um I would say 2 years ago and uh, the success of it was it was unexpected. Like this was this was just like an idea that we put together. It was like let's put it out, see what it do. But the organic love that it got in the city was like, man, we got to double back with part two and make it more intentional. Make make sure we cultivate the sound the right way. And um, yeah, we just want to be the new the new face of the West Coast and represent the city in the right way.
1: I, th- I think I think you're doing it, bro. Like. I love the West, we all love the West Coast, you know the whole death row era, the whole aftermath era and everything else it's like do you feel the weight on your shoulders to like build something of that kind of magnitude to come through,
0: or are you just cool just doing you? I do feel the weight, and um but it comes with it, you know that 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 extra pressure is what makes diamonds so but I feel like I'm built for it at the same at the same time so. I love it. I love that pressure because it, it only makes me want to make the best, the best quality work and um, I'm sure it's the same for Bino as well. Hmm.
1: What made you want to put out like six tape two rather than jump in and do another album? Like just a straight up blast album?
0: Because I'm more into how can I make it bigger than just myself? Like I want to put other people on for my city and spread the light. Spread the lighter because there's so many talented people in LA, and me being a producer as well, I want to tap into that world where I'm able to cultivate other artists, produce albums for them, like a Pharrell, like a Kanye West, like a Dr. Dre, and um is the perfect example of that. Like we we cultivated a sound together, and now we we pushing it.
1: That's dope. That's dope. I mean those those are some icons you named right there, yeah. like Dr. Dre. Kanye West, Pharrell. Like, you know what as a producer and as an artist, what what you what have you learned from those guys? What what have you taken from those guys?
0: The um the biggest thing I would say is just taking the the pride out of it, the selfishness, like learning how to pass the ball and play position. Like if the team wins, we it's a bigger win than just an individual. Win. If I wanted to, it's like you can play golf and win by yourself, or you can play basketball and make 12 other guys, you know, the same happiness, same success. So that's kind of how I look at it. How can I make it more impactful? I can go make another solo album any day, but I want my career to be impactful to others as well.
1: So you're building that legacy.
0: Exactly, that legacy.
1: That's tough. That's tough. I'm a big fan of Kanye West. All right, and from your perspective, what would you say? What would you say is the best album that he's done? Because you know, as a producer and as a rapper, he's one of the bro. I I'm a stan. He's he's one of the, he's the greatest. As far as you know, sorry, I yeah. just think he's the greatest. But from 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 your perspective, like, what would you say his greatest album is?
0: Well, I have two. I have two favorite Kanye West albums. One for my personal reasons. And then two the other ones because it's just a dope album. So the first one is graduation because that's an album me and my mom really used to bond to, just listening to it together. And she's not a big hip hop head, so like that was our way of bonding, the graduation album. The other one would be uh, The Life of Pablo, just the production and how he took like like the church aspect with it. It just sounded big, like the music sound bigger.
1: Yo, it's crazy to say mom moments into graduation. That's like, that's mind blowing. Yeah. That's dope. What, what would you say is the best track of
0: that? Off oh, what? Graduation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. favorite one would, would be Champion. Did you realize yeah. that you as a champion? Yeah. That was hard.
1: Yeah. It's a timeless album. Facts. It's a timeless album. So, when, when you're making music, do you do you kind of like envision the end result? Are you just like just just making something in the moment? Or are you looking at you looking at it like each track, like this is gonna do this, this is gonna do that, this is gonna do this. We're gonna take it here, we're gonna take it there, whatever.
0: Uh, I try not to overthink it for the most part. Like I just try to go with my vibe at the in the moment. But when I'm approaching, like if I have a title for a project, I try to be intentional with the direction of the topic that I'm speaking on, but uh, for the most part, if I'm just creating, I'm just going with how I feel at the moment.
1: Did you think like perfect timing, overrated, chosen would do what they've done?
0: Absolutely not, man. It's crazy.
1: Wow. So, what happens when each of those is ringing off? Is it just like, oh
0: shit, another one? Like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. I felt, honestly, I felt kind of overrated when I made it, but I was still in my one-bedroom apartment just making music like anybody else, you know? So to see how people react to it, it just gave me that extra motivation. But, um, yeah, I'm grateful for it. I don't look at it as like, oh, here go another one. I just, I don't know, man. It is crazy, though. (laughs) All
1: right, so... We just spoke about. Don't forget how you, you 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 know you took the vocals from an English guy put it at the beginning of the track. I'm hearing like you've done a collab with with UK Art. I can't say who it is. There's a UK act that you've done a collab with. Yeah. Like yo, they're big man. It's like when I found out, I was like, I was like, really? I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, are you feeling what's happening out here? Have you paid attention to anything music wise? I'm
0: not. I'm not. I, I gotta tap in because. The way the reception's been, I did a couple of UK interviews and they speaking like I'm really, you know, getting a, some type of clout out there. So <laughs> I got to check it out,
1: bro. You 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 got clout, bro. Wow, you you've got the streets. That's crazy. like you you have like the minute you come out here, that first show's gonna sell out. Man. Like festivals, you're gonna have main stage, everything. All, like, I'm deadly serious. Wow, like that's big. You know. That's big Yeah, so you working with UK artists? That's only, bro. That that's that, Drake clocked it. Like yeah. you work with the UK artist community, and and you're sincere with it, and yo, know, you 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 get you get fans for life. Yeah. Like Drake, Drake's like a UK citizen out here. He's shown so much love. Thanks. Like you know, he um, should have a passport. He should have a <laughs> UK passport, but. <laughs> But for yourself, from this collab that you've got, yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's straight. It's straight.
1: Yeah. All all I'm saying is just do more. Just tap in and do more. Tap in and and just, just, just work with as many artists as possible. It's just it's just gonna increase your legacy sure. and, and what you do. But you, there's there's a lot of love for you out here, you know.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm gonna so, take I'm gonna take heed to that for sure. I gotta tap. I gotta do my research, and really become more of a fan of like the other artists out there. Cause I'm a, I got a yeah. couple people on my radar that I that I've been listening to, and I got some with. Right. But yeah, I gotta I gotta dig deeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, six tape two, it's on the way. Um. What 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 else could we look forward to like for the rest of the year? You know,
0: yeah, for the rest yourself. of the year. So I'm getting ready for my first tour. Of course, it's gonna be in the U.S. Unfortunately, I plan on coming overseas like top of next year. But um, and I'm also working on my solo body of work, uh, next project. Slowly but surely. But I want to release that in like fourth quarter.
1: Okay, yo, you know what's real surprising? you're signed to red bull records right and i know you know red bull they've done a lot for music over the years i've done shows for them out here in the uk and everything else but yo how, how did you end up on there like you know you're in la like you're popping like it, it didn't or it doesn't look like the obvious thing to do but whatever you guys are doing is working
0: yeah it was natural like around the time i started getting noticed around the city um actually one of my ANRs went to my high school. So he just brought me in for a meeting one time. And uh, it just felt like home, you know, they got a small roster, underdog mentality, and uh we just got a point to prove. So that's the type of energy that I like to to work with, just like mm. trying to force good music, like not force good music, but just trying to stand on good music and, and just push it organically. And they understood my vision.
1: And given, given your come up and how organic it is, how pure it is, how real and how successful it is, what, what advice would you give to anybody coming through? Any other artists coming through and, and they've not figured it out yet?
0: Consistency is everything. And, um, stand on integrity. Like be a, be who you are, be who you say you are. Don't try to be somebody else. And, uh, yeah, I think consistency is the most important because this is a what's what's next game. You know, you always in a in a in a light of like what you gonna do next. So always keep that consistency for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Well, look, listen, man. Thanks for taking the time out to do this, isn't it? Like, appreciate it. I'm gonna be blazing six tape two. I'm gonna be blazing everything else that you're pointing out. So. Just just keep coming back to the UK though. Like as soon as like the borders are straight and this COVID shit's out of here, yeah. just just make sure you come as much as often, yeah? And we'll connect when you when you're
0: out here. Absolutely, man. I owe you that. Appreciate your energy. Thank you for sharing your platform, dog. It was good. All right. Cool, man. Alright, bro. Appreciate you. Alright.
1: Yo, it's DJ Semsex, the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Wanna give a big shout to Blast and his team for taking the time out to do that. Legendary artist. Got some amazing things lined up for 2021 and beyond. It's going to be around for a long time. Now make sure you check out the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Yo, we've got loads of episodes, man. Previous guests include Chuck D, Busta Rhymes, French Montana. we Gets from the UK, Slow Tie. Yo, taking it back to New York. We've had 5 year Foreign. push Shiesty from the South. We've got push Shiesty before he we went away. Make sure you check that out. Every week we got someone else passing through. Some amazing episodes. And... You know what? Next week, we've got SG, very, very dope artist from the South. And aside from that episode of the Hip Hop Raised Me podcast, listen, I'm I'm looking forward to this Kanye West album whenever it's going to drop. Now, Donda, <laughs> it's been delayed again. You know, it, I stayed up all night for the first listening party. I watched it. Crazy, crazy experience. The fact that someone can sell 42,000 tickets just to preview an album and walk around in, in, in a venue like with a mask on, I says it all about Kanye West. It says everything about his ability to cause excitement, you know, ultimate entertainer, but also take art to that next level. 42,000 people and millions of people around the world watched Kanye play an album. It it redefined the meaning of an album playback. And the music was incredible. Like, you know, I was was making announcements, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to my show, Kanye West album. I'm going to be playing it in full. That was two weeks ago. It's still not dropped. And then he did another playback. And the other playback, he totally switched it up again. What people didn't clock... Is that the album was totally different he, he remade all of the tracks and and added like 20 more features so he's one definitely one of the most prolific artists of our generation he's he's one of the greatest artists you're gonna ever wear bear witness to i'm i'm a unapologetic Kanye kind of West Western, so i might be you know excuse me i might be getting carried away but i need the album to drop you know it went <laughs> it went back to like august the 6th august the 6th came and went and then we see on apple music that it's coming out august the 9th then we see that it changed from august the 9th to august the 13th to august the 15th i kind of don't care when it drops i just want to listen to it this is going to be one of the greatest albums of the year now when we talk about you know the grammys and and who's going to get what for 2022 it's going to be hard It's going to be hard because think about it. J. Cole has already made Album of the Year. Tyler the Creator. Album's incredible. You know, that Album of the Year. Dave. You know about Dave from the UK. Album of the Year. He could be getting a Grammy. So you got those three albums. And then you got Kanye's (laughs) masterpiece that is about to drop whenever it drops. But also we got other albums on the way as well, so we got we got Drake certified lover boy. You know Drake's got something lined up. You know he's gonna come with like the biggest collaborations, club monsters you're gonna hear years from now. I need a Kendrick Lamar album. I need Kendrick like Kendrick. We needed an album from Kendrick last year. Kendrick Lamar in the same year as Drake, J Cole. Tyler the Creator, Dave, we're not even talking about Travis Scott yet, come on man look what Travis Scott did with Astral World. what do you think he's going to do with Utopia the next album, what do you think he's planning? Now when Kanye was recording the album last week in Atlanta at the Mercedes stadium, Travis was there, I heard Travis, I heard, Tra- <laughs> one of my informers told me that Travis turned up for a day and he was working on the album for a day. And then he went straight back to wherever he was going to, to focus on his album. Yo, Travis is going to come with it. Seriously, he's going to come with it. So, who do you think is going to have the album of the year? Who do you think is going to clean up at the Grammys in 2022? Let me know. Just hit me up on the tweets. Hit me up on Instagram. Like, Travis Scott, Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, Tyler the Creator, Dave, Dave. Kanye West, yo, it's a great year for hip-hop, man, it's a great year for music, I love this, I love all of it, but let me know who you're feeling, let me know who you think is going to have that definitive album of the year, regardless of genre, I don't care about that rock shit, I don't care about any of that other shit, for me, the album of the year is always going to be a hip-hop album, so what do you think it's going to be, hit me up, let me know. Get involved and then tap in next week for another episode of the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast.